This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. In this week's episode, we're going to talk to the Safety Justice League, which comprise of Abby Ferry, who I interviewed earlier, I believe in episode 15. I had also interviewed Nathan Brayman, which was episode 37. And those two together with Jason Lucas and Jason Maldonado are the Safety Justice League. So if you have hashtag Ask a Safety Pro and you've seen that before, that is this group, the Safety Justice League. You can ask them questions and they'll give you answers from their four different perspectives. So in this interview, we can talk about the collaboration. We talk a little bit about uh, some things that they have come through themselves to get their own uh, businesses or where they are in their safety career. And then also I asked them a couple of questions uh, so I could get a live version of Ask the Safety Pro. And then at the end, I gave them some tips to help them if they decide to grow their business and to get it launched. So stay tuned and you'll have a real fun time with this interview like I did. So we'll have a word from our sponsor and then we'll be right back. And then after the interview, stick around for the tip of the week. Are you, are you, are you tired of actually going to a safety event? and it's extremely boring. Well, let's go ahead and change that moving forward. Reach out to our team here at Safety Focus Moment and let us make your next event extraordinary. We can provide you anything from guest speakers to full-blown workshops. To find out more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. That's safetyfocusmoment.com. And don't forget to tell them that you heard it here on Safety FM. I'm Nate Brayman. Um known as Redbeard on LinkedIn. I started my safety career uh, actually back in the Marine Corps. I started as a firefighter in the Marine Corps. I was a crash crew um, airport firefighter, essentially. I ended up getting injured and had to make a choice. They said, you can either stay in the Marine Corps and not get promoted because I couldn't do my PFT, my physical fitness test, um, or I could ask them for a medical discharge, which is an honorable discharge, and then go on about my way um, you know, and I figured I'll just do that and go back to school and get on with my life. And so went to, uh, DMAC, uh, Des Moines area community college, just to get a fire science degree. I figured maybe I could build on my fire, um, certifications and, uh, become an arson investigator one day. Uh, as it turns out, those arson investigator jobs are far few in between, hard to find. And typically people that are in them stay in them for a long time. Uh, so there are not many jobs like that available. And usually they're filled with, you know, police officers, uh, who are about to retire or, uh, firefighters who are about to retire. And so I thought, okay, well, scratch that idea. Um, and started looking at the local university to say, well, I know I want to continue on, you know, use my GI bill, get educated. So I decided, uh, to look at what was offered. And I thought I got to try to build on what I've already built. Um, and occupational safety popped out at me and I, I looked into it. I thought, well, this, you can make a good career here. So that's what, you know, started me in that direction. I got my bachelor's degree and I got my master's degree in occupational safety. And, um, I was hired out of college at a company called Berkshire Hathaway Energy. And I've been there ever since as a, as basically a corporate safety manager. And so, um, yeah, so the corporate safety world is not for everybody, but it does provide a, 
a good kind of unique perspective. I, I get to work with several businesses. It's a very large company, 23,000 employees. Um, so I get to work with safety teams at all different businesses from all over the world um, and in a diverse, different, a lot of diverse industries. So, you know, it's ideal, you know, I mean, it's mostly uh, utilities, but we also have uh, Home Services of America, which is a massive real estate company. Um, and they're in every, all 50 states. Um, pipeline, uh, natural gas compressor stations, uh, there's all kinds of renewables, and then there's transmission distribution and uh, power generation, um, and like gas, line cycle, all kinds of different um, things going on. So it's it's really good for me. It's been really good for me because I get to see what works and what doesn't and what types of cultures there are, what different types of management styles there are. And it's fortunate for me because, you know, I grew up with an older brother who was a bit of bit of a trailblazer and he put my parents through hell. And, uh, so I got to see all the things that he did that were bad and learn from them. And so, no, I won't do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I don't, oh man, you know, I cause and effect, you know, and and I learned, I don't want that to happen to me. So, um, so I learn a lot just as much from what doesn't work at these different businesses as I see what does work. Um, and so, yeah, so now that really helps. Good, good. Yeah, and I, I feel very uh, grateful to have gone into the rest of the Safety Justice League, Abby, Jason, and Jason. Um, you know, we've, we've all come from different locations, but, you know, now that started uh, focusing, putting more time on, on social media and LinkedIn, we paired up, and I think we have a lot of good things to look forward to. Excellent. So I'm going to skip to Abby because I know you've got the shortest amount of time in us, so uh, go ahead and let everyone get trained to your voice. Sure. Uh, my name is Abby Ferry, and I started in construction. So I started right out of high school working for a construction office and learned about safety as a career path. So when I was in college, I was fortunate that there was a, a master's program in safety at the college I was doing my undergrad. And so I went right into a safety master's program, not really thinking that <laughs> there'd be so much um difficulty or adversity leaving the college system and going to work right in the field that people aren't really that excited to work with a college grad, especially one that just graduated with a master's in safety. It can almost be a deterrent. So I've worked in construction since the beginning, and I have worked in various roles from director of safety to a site safety and health officer at military projects in Southern California, to working in risk control consulting, always focused on construction, to consulting on my own, and now consulting with a firm. So um, lots of experience and background with various types of construction, but it's weird. My entire career, just somehow I've, I've ended up staying in construction. It's the place that I, I feel that I fit the most. And there's, you know, silly reasons for that because I like to just wear jeans and boots and be outside all day. Um, also just really enjoying the challenge that different job sites provide. Excellent. Excellent. And I yeah. you're extremely active in ASSP as well. So that also goes down into the resume, right? Yes, totally. Along the way, well, 
actually going back into college because the school I went to, the University of Minnesota Duluth, we had a student section of then the ASSB, now the ASSP. And so ever since I was a member of ASSB, I have always served in some kind of peer leadership role, starting with my student chapter where I was the chapter secretary. So through my different uh, positions with different companies and um, travel to different areas, I've always been affiliated with the ASSP chapter and almost always in some kind of elected role. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I always just end up volunteering and, and running and raising my hand. Because you can't say no when people need help. So that's it. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, since I uh, had Jason M first, so Lucas, you're going to have to be last because uh, <laughs> you should have been before Nathan, right? Because you're on before Nathan. So I, I should have got that in. Nate, sorry. <laughs> but Jason M, Mr. Maldonado, sure. go ahead and uh, so, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Jason Maldonado. Um, I've been in safety about 16 years now. And, um, you know, it's been kind of a wild ride for me. I started in the Air Force and it, the, the version of safety that I was exposed to there was very uh, regimented, a very rule-based, uh, as you can probably imagine, very you know, order and directive-based. And I got out and went into construction and I was able to, uh, I was very blessed to work for a, a really large company and get a mentor in that company in that very first project that I was, that I was working on, uh, who just really took me under his wing and, and, and taught me kind of a different way to look at things. And, uh, from there I've, I've bounced around, jumped around and, and done a whole bunch of different things. I've worked in, uh, power transmission distribution, um, generation. I've worked in many manufacturing, both in uh, food and industrial manufacturing. I uh, worked in chemical plants, uh, just a whole lot of uh, different things, uh, different areas of the country. And I, I feel very blessed to have, have gotten to see all those. Um, currently working in manufacturing and it's a little, little slower pace. So I, I kind of, I'm with Abby. I miss the, the, the pace of the construction and the, just the feel of it and the, you know, being outdoors and having fun all day. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my passion, as I've gotten a few years into this career, is is really you know spreading the the, the messages and the the learnings that that I've developed over the years, and getting those things out to people because I didn't, you know, my my mentor passed away a few years ago, and and after that I didn't really have anybody uh, that I could reach out to until uh, really until I re found these guys, um, but I wanted to kind of give that back, and so my my goal lately. Is, has been to you know to write to put out video content to uh, put out books and, and do things that'll help people that ha are where are where I have been in the past. So it's kind of me in a nutshell. Excellent, excellent. So, Mr. Lucas, give us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I'm from deep in the south of Texas in the Houston area. Uh, former Marine myself, just like Nate. Um, I did not come in through college. I actually was a hydroblaster and a chemical cleaner and a vacuum truck operator until I moved into project management and uh, industrial services. Um, my path to safety came with, with an incident that I saw a friend of mine get hurt. Uh, I thought, you know, hey, I could probably help with this a little bit. And so I went to the ownership of the company I happened to be working with at the time, asked them if I could be, um, if I could roll into safety. Uh, they were kind enough to let me 
role just full time into safety. So I was able to get started there. I had to go through some years of, of being a safety cop to learn how to, uh, be a more of a mentor, be more of a coach, uh, went through those, went through that for, for quite a while. And, uh, now I'm, I'm happy to be in more in a mentoring stage. I've been in oil and gas refineries and chemical plants for the majority of my careers, uh, majority of my career from, you know, when I was in project management, uh, uh, consulting as a safety consultant with my own little consulting firm, um, working for crane companies, working for, uh, rental companies, all, all types of different things, but all really centered towards servicing oil and gas refineries and, and chemical plants. Uh, I'm also the creator of the social media safety minute content that you see on LinkedIn and, and other social sites. And I was very happy to, to get together with these guys and, and start something fresh and something new. And, and I am the Superman of the group. All right. That sounds awesome. Hey, Sheldon. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, talking about uh, nerding out a little bit, um, there's a book called The Hagakure, which is The Way of the Samurai. And I really like the one of the things that that uh, Jason Lucas just said was that, and, and, you know, sometimes you have to go down the path to know it's not the right one, you know? And um, in the Hagakure, it's broken up by like these little stories. And one of the stories in it is a guy who's looking to hire somebody and he's trying to decide who to hire. And he has two choices. And one of the uh, one of the guys had never made a mistake and was like perfect. And then the other guy, he had made all kinds of mistakes. And the guy decided to hire the guy who made the mistakes because he's the one who's learned from them. You know, so that's that's what uh, I don't know. Just to geek out a little bit yeah, on what Jason said that inspired me. You should check out the Hagakura. I think you'd like it. Yeah, no, that's excellent. That's a great point because generally you you see, especially with uh, with what I'm hearing as a general thread for you guys, is becoming part of a, a network, part of a team, part of a social movement, if you will, to help give back. It seems like you're helping people who have made mistakes or are afraid to make mistakes and show them, hey, why don't you ask a safety person? I'll help you out with this one. Or I have done it before. I made this mistake and I could help you out with that. So I uh, I think that that fits perfectly. Uh, Sheldon, I, I love that. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, ahead, I think Abby. we're all excited about the mistake part because um, we've all definitely gone about things the wrong way. And I love that Jason is open about, you know, being a, a former safety cop. <laughs> I think we've all kind of tried on that hat or badge and realized that that's not the way to go. But I think, Sheldon, you just gave us an idea for one of our Ask a Safety Pro videos. Ooh, I'm all about the idea giving. Well, we're you. all about the idea taking. So, all right, <laughs> symbiotic relationship there. No. Well, I uh, I was really struck by the the idea that you guys had and uh, the Asta safety. We, I've heard that before, and I know formerly Joe had done that when she was, uh, and I believe she's probably still doing that on her own now. But uh, and I I've seen Nate on your side. You did the uh, recordable, and is it recordable site for you? So yeah. uh, that's a great theme. It seems like people are catching on to that. You know, one person helping the next. So. In your capacity as a group, what kind of dynamics have you guys seen so far? And I say guys loosely because I know we don't have all just guys. So maybe I should start saying girls and then uh, and then do it like like flipping the, the gender role there because we're all. Oh, that's funny. Guys. 
I think I might have to do that. All right, ladies. So, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, there's Please. so many places we could go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, in this case, uh, what what does that dynamic do uh, for you? Anybody can jump on that one. What's yeah. Well, you know, uh, this this is Jason Lucas. I I think that for us. The main thing was was engagement. That's what that's what we wanted to start with. Was how do we engage uh, a social community to um, one be involved to communicate with one another? I'm a, I'm a big proponent of building a tribe, and and I, I a lot of my posts veer away from safety a little bit for relationship building purposes. But I think as a group, it was our desire to to interact to provide uh, good quality content and to answer the questions that people would have. And I'm going to leave it to some others to answer. Yeah, I think, I think part of the, the dynamic that really works is that, you know, we all offer a unique perspective, but it's not the, the end of all perspectives. And I think people realize that and, and the conversations that those little video clips have driven have just been really cool. I mean, I learn stuff from them every time that we put them out from, from the other people, not necessarily from me because I'm brilliant or something, but um, you know, the, the, the contrib- uh, contributions that the others put into it is just really cool. And I, I think uh, a lot of times that, you know, if we hadn't prompted those conversations uh, it would just go unspoken. And that's kind of a shame because we have so much to share so much knowledge with everybody. Yeah. 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 And it comes down to a passion. I think if you go to a level deeper, I think that it really comes down to resonate with anybody who is passionate about, about safety. Um, I think that's the one thing that unites us, uh, the four of us is that, you know, we, we've, you know, we've probably put some more thought into these things, you know, seeing as that we're, we are safety professionals and we have been doing this full time for so long. Um, and so, you know, we can provide a little bit of a deeper scoop than what, you know, like maybe an, a non-safety pro would have. And it allows us to, um, you know, share the lessons we've learned, the things we've learned from making those mistakes in the past. So, I, I, you know, really deeper than than anything, I think what I've found in this group, at least, is that there's uh, the one thing that unites us is our passion for safety. Awesome. And uh, for my audience, since we have an international audience as well as a, a national audience for us in the U.S. that are, are listening to this group and uh, listening to some of the things that we talk about, sometimes it's OSHA-driven or sometimes it's driven on certain industries that you won't see internationally. Uh, is there an international flair that you guys could have as far as Ask a Safety Pro? Because truly, safety, safety everywhere. But uh, what's your what's your take on that? And I'll go with Abby since you're uh, since you're going to leave us the quickest. I want to hear you before you're gone. So, what's <laughs> sure. your position on that? So I've noticed, and I can't remember off the top of my head now what the topic was, but there was a video that we posted weeks ago that for some reason, there was a lot of engagement in the comments from people in Australia. So I think the cool thing about LinkedIn is that there's professionals from all over the world just are already there. So if the topic strikes a chord somewhere, you're going to get comments from people no matter where they are. And I don't think we've really ever focused on OSHA or really any other regulatory agency or or rules. I think a lot of what we do, um, and the guys have alluded to it, is we talk about our perspective and also just talk 
in a real way. Um, we could talk about regulations. We could talk about specific theories, but I think the value is that we talk about things just in a real way about how things are working for us day to day even. And I think that there's a lot of power in just talking real like that and having good conversations. Um, but I, I think there is an opportunity for sure. Um, not for me because I do not speak any other languages, at least not well, um, or at least not to speak about safety. I mean, I can order drinks and food in multiple languages, um, but that's not going to be valuable for Ask a Safety Pro. Um, But I think there would be value in bringing in um, bilingual speakers or people that speak other languages or maybe somehow translating some of our videos once we get a a library going. I think there's, um, there's a lot that could be done there. All right. Anyone else on that one? That's going to hop in as she was talking. Maybe something else uh, popped up in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the important thing to remember is, uh, at least what, what I believe is that there's a, a very important element of safety, and that is psychology, human psychology. And a lot of where I you know, draw my inspiration from is understanding you know, how the human mind works. You know, For example, there was a study by Harvard recently that found that humans are distracted 47% of the time. Huh? And I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Yeah, 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 sorry. You, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've read another statistic that is when you're speaking to an audience. So right now, you know, I don't know what your audience is, but, you know, as people listen to this, only about one third of your audience is really paying attention at any given time. And so if you understand those things, it can help you understand some of the you know, some like for example, communication. If if you know, I believe that learning is the is the heart of safety. It's the most important thing we can do because you have to learn about your problems in order to fix them. The worst problems are the ones we don't know about. Well, how, how do you learn? You have to communicate. And so, how do you communicate? Right. So so it's important to understand, you know, this psychology of, of the human mind and and how to uh, communicate effectively to them. And and humans are humans. You know, it doesn't matter what country. They're all human, and we're all we all have that in common. We're all distracted a lot of the time. So, yeah. Oh well, excellent, excellent. So I uh, I also think that for yeah uh, the the thing that you guys have really been been uh, doing that I I found that's really great is sometimes in a safety voice especially if you're the safety officer and they see you week in, week out, it's almost, it's almost like a football coach or a basketball coach or whatever. You're like, all right, coach, I know this is the last time I have to hear about you fourth quarter and when you were playing and you know, you're down by two and you ran this play and I don't want to hear that anymore. And then they tuned out that voice. So when you have many different voices uh, speaking about safety, I believe just that nuance itself is valuable. Yeah, and I think one of the other things that we try to bring to it is just, uh, you know, I think Abby's talked about this before when we've uh, been talking together, and it's, you know, there's so much that's serious about what we do, and and nobody's arguing about that. But you know what? When when we're on LinkedIn and we're we're conversing, we're we're having a, a friendly debate or, or whatever, we want to have fun, you know, because if it's not fun, people go away, and and I think that that creates a divide between safety and the worker. And that's not what we're after. We're, you know, again, real people. And, you know, we're going to crack jokes. We're going to be a little goofy about things. 
we're very serious and very passionate about it. But, you know, if, if that's all you do all your, all your life, you're going to be pretty miserable. So, uh, I think having fun is another really big part of what we do too. Well, you could tell by the name that you guys are into fun, right? No, that's well, that moniker, we, that, that was actually given to us. So I'm not going to, we, we can't take the full credit for safety justice league as a whole. That was actually uh Kyle Kruger. We had, posted our first ask a safety pro video and uh kyle kruger's comment on linkedin was um you know you guys do put out such great content by yourselves but together y'all are like a safety justice league and uh the name stuck and since then we've you know created a website we've got all types of stuff that that has to do with that that name so thanks to kyle kruger for coming up with a really cool name yeah, that works really well. And uh, I don't know if you guys breaking off any money to DC and uh, <laughs> you might have to start, uh, you know, checking the copyright stuff. Uh. <laughs> Radio shows. We're, we're nobody. I mean, honestly, there's probably other entities out there that use the term Justice League. Um, and I think if you're doing parody or adding something to it, I think I think we're good. I think you're good. I'm messing with you. I just like to hear the panic. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> See, when I got the well, I hope you heard it because it, it was pretty clear on our end. <laughs> it was loud silence. Yes, we were we were there with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I, I do have like a, a few other things that I you know, was going through my mind as I, I was trying to prepare for you guys. So, in this, in the idea of truly. Uh, setting this thing up, you had a whole bunch of other things that you had to work in, and that was just the logistics part of setting up a website. And sees, it seems like Nathan, you did you, you did a lot of that, uh, from what I could tell. Am I correct in that with the Wix site? Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I just kind of um, well, you know, it's kind of funny because once the name came up, I it, it start I started thinking about it and. You know, I've been kind of dipping my hand into the world of marketing, and I, that's not—that's an alien world to me. That's marketing, so it's good to kind of start digging in and understanding how that works. And then um, the first time I heard Safety Justice League was through uh, Jason. Jason in, in, a, in a comment. I actually didn't know it came from Kyle Kruger. That's really cool. Um, but then as soon as he said that, it started. It like planted a seed. It started growing in my mind. I'm like, we got to buy this domain <laughs> because. <laughs> Somebody else, as soon as we say it and it gets out there, someone's going to buy the domain and then like try to sell it to us for like, you know, whatever, some ridiculous sum of money. So, yes. so I just thought, okay, I'll just buy the domain just in case, you know. And then since I was sitting on the domain, um, you know, once we started getting a little more serious and started meeting and talking a lot more, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll just, I'll just throw the, the website together. And I did it in about, you know, three hours. I just threw it together <laughs> and then slowly been making improvements to it. Uh, yeah, and I'm a I'm a that's, that's actually that's actually one of the coolest parts about our group that I like, you know, because each one of us have taken on a different little role to make it successful. You've got Nathan who jumped in; he immediately created the Wix site and the uh, the website. You got Jason Maldonado who immediately created the YouTube channel. You got Abby who immediately started creating all those really cool graphics that look like comic books, and 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 then I edit the videos to to put them up. So, you know, the I and the, the ideas for all the questions come from you know whoever has a really good question they want to 
they want to get answered or from people who watch the videos and say, hey, y'all, this would be a great question for y'all. So everybody's kind of grabbing their own little piece and and handling their own little part of it to make sure that it's not a burden on any one person, which I really enjoy. That's the best part is that it's the stuff that we kind of naturally gravitated to either because we're good at it or want to do more of it or learn. Um, and it doesn't make this a burden every week. Like some people might look at it like, wow, you guys are posting a video every single week. But the thing is, is I think all four of us were really no stranger to just doing a selfie video or doing something on social media. So it's stuff that we were already doing, but now we just get to do it together. And I think that's, for me, that's a super fun part is I'm not just out there solo well, sometimes I am out there solo, just posting stuff on social media, but it's cool to be part of a collective that's doing it together. And I'm always like so surprised when I see the video come together because I always am thinking someone's going to say the same thing or someone's going to like, it's not going to work, but we don't bounce the videos off of each other and then come up with a final product. We come up with a question, we each answer the question, and then the video just gets clipped together. So it's always cool to see just how cohesive it ends up being and how different everyone's perspectives are. So I think that collaboration is really just the the theme of the group and what makes me just think it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I, I actually got that, that feedback. I was talking to uh, Phil LaDuke on the phone last night, actually. And he brought it up. He said, that's what makes you guys so special is that, you know, you're, you're all alike enough, but you're so different that you complement each other. And, you know, it makes it something that, that people are kind of interested in seeing. You want to see, you know, what's Abby's perspective, what's Jason's perspective, what's Nate's perspective. Um, and, and like Abby said, they just, I don't know if it's magic or whatever, but it, it comes together and, and it complements and it's just a really cool thing. I've learned so much just by being a part of this group um, and kind of broadened my horizons. And I, and I think that's, that's what we're after for everybody. You know? Excellent. Now I got to ask a safety pro question. I'm going to have you guys uh, do round robin on me here. So here's my question. Let's say I was uh, working in a company. I was probably, let's say, uh, double digits. Let's give myself 10 years in a company and I've moved up the ranks to middle management where I am probably a shift supervisor. Let's add that. So now they told me, Sheldon, love you. Uh, however, Friday afternoon, I get the call that says, Sheldon, on Monday, we're moving you to safety because now we need a safety person. So my question to the safety pro, what should be my top three things I should deal with without knowing previously anything about safety except maybe the monthly safety meeting that we have to do, uh, the tailgate meetings. And now I'm told I'm going to be in charge of safety and I got a group. Let's give us a nice medium-sized group of uh, 200 workers and let's throw us in manufacturing. How's that? So I could give you more context. So manufacturing plan, yeah. 200 people. I'm the supervisor, but now I'm stripped from supervisory. And Monday morning, I'm starting safety, and we've never had safety before. And now I go, all right, what do I do? What's my three things I should look for? 
Okay, I'm going to start yeah. just because I want to oh, make sure that I get my answers in. <laughs> first, first things first, uh, that that person needs to go to uh, whoever they're reporting to and, and get an outline of what expectations are. Because if you don't know what those expectations are, you're never going to meet them or exceed them. So you have to know, first of all, so open that line of communication to understand what those, those uh, expectations are. Number two, you want to make sure that 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 person understands that they have now moved out of a disciplinary role and they've moved into a service role. So it's not about finding, just finding the negatives. It's about finding what's working and then helping the employees to work even harder towards improving the little opportunities for improvement that they might have. And, and, the last is just be yourself. Don't try to mold yourself into what you think safety is. Just be yourself as a safety person. And that's mine. All right. We got Lucas down for one. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Right there, sir. All right. So, so uh, I really like what uh, Jason said about communication. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, I think learning is part of safety. So the goal of lead is to learn. And in order to learn, you have to have communication. So you want to, First, you want to develop some goals, but you're going to have to do that by communicating with the employees. Figure out what it is that are the hazards in the workplace, because I guarantee you the guys working on the front lines know that better than anybody. Um, and then set goals with them. So figure out where you are. Think of it like a map. You're on a road map. And let's say, like, I'm in Iowa. If I want to get to Florida, I start from Iowa, right? So you have to have the you are here. You have to know where you're starting from. And then you're going to set your goal. Let's say I'm driving to Florida. Mm. So then we say, this is how we want to get there. And then to get from point A to point B, to get from Iowa to Florida, now you have to create a journey map, like a, a roadmap that is going to be multiple steps. You can't just do it in one step, right? So you're going to have to create your roadmap. You can call it a journey to excellence, right? That's the term I really like. And but you have to do that in collaboration with your employees. So communicate. You have to build communication channels. Um, you know, that can be like safety committees. Uh, it can be, you know, messages that go out to employees every day to bring their fork that they can respond to. And my favorite is the near miss hazard recognition, good catch reporting to allow employees to report what they see. And then you can respond to it and react to it. Um, and then finally, um, you know, you have to, it, the, the, the employees themselves are going to be the ones that govern themselves. So, you work with them, you let them take ownership of it, and then you're there to facilitate. You're in a service role, just like Jason said. All right. We got Redbeard on the record. Who else? Jason, we don't have to fight. You can okay. go. <laughs> I was going to let you see. We're, we're too amiable. Um, all right. Go for it. All right. So so without repeating uh, anything that the previous have said, I, I would say – you know, Sheldon, you set it up for us really well. So this person's going to go in and, and I'll compare it to a situation where I had, uh, I was sitting in a forklift train the trainer class and we were going through the presentations and this uh, supervisor had been a supervisor for 25 years or so got up and, and he was just scared to death to speak in front of anybody. And he goes, I, I just don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to say. And I stopped him and I wasn't the teacher, but I stopped him and I'm like, man, you've been doing this for 25 years. You know how to operate a forklift probably better than every single one of your guys. Just tell them what you know. And so that would be my first one is play to your strengths. I mean, you've been successful in a role as a, as a shift supervisor. Uh, you know all the people. I mean, there's so many obstacles there that are already overcome by just 
be by virtue of just having been there uh, for so long. So, so know what you're worth, I think is the biggest thing for me and play to those strengths. You know, the second thing I would say, and this is crucial, you got to go find your champions and, you know, it, it, sometimes they're the unlikely ones, but you know, I had a, a welder that was this old grumpy, angry guy that nobody wanted to be around. Um, And we tried to do a soft tissue injury prevention program and, Nobody wanted to do it until I looked at him one day and I said, look, I think your shoulder's pretty sore. I can just tell by the way you're kind of favoring it. Would you try this? You know, would you see if it's something that'll work? And he tried it. He loved it. And then as soon as old grumpy welder guy became the champion, everybody else wanted to do it. So you got to find those people that are going to be your your voice. And then I think the third thing for me is you, you have to, especially somebody who's never worked in this field, uh, it, you got to understand that it's going to be lonely. Sometimes it's going to be hard. You're not always a rock star. Um, It feels great when you are, but those down moments come. So you have to find somebody that's going to be your, uh, your mentor and and sort of your rock and your, your guide to get you through those, those rough spots when you need a little bit of advice. So that'd be my three things. All right. Well, process of elimination game. I think we're down to one. Yep. So, um, Jason Maldonado, that, the what you the last couple of things that you said that just got my mind going uh, so much. But it, it, I have the fortune, I guess, to go last. So what I was doing in my mind is like categorizing everything. So Sheldon said three things. So I was thinking three things as far as personal perspective, and then the external perspectives to the workers, and external perspectives to management or corporate. Uh, so the personal perspective, what Jason Maldonado just said is completely right on, um, that you need to to find some support, but also maybe like what Jason Lucas said, going to management to find out what are the expectations and along with the expectations, what's the support? So if someone's coming from a production role going into safety, they are going to need some kind of support in which maybe they're going offsite to take some classes or they're given the ability to join some association to go and network with other people in the safety profession. So I think that would be key. Um, And then to uh, level up into the the external with the workers, um, finding the champion, I think, or finding several champions is something that's like next level, that's difficult. Um, And I think us on this call, we are probably good at this. While this isn't something that would come naturally to um, other safety professionals, potentially, where we're able to identify people that either like Jason Maldonado said, that might be grumpy. And I love that because I've used that term myself. And I always, always am looking for the grumpiest person because I think if I can convert them or get them on my side and get them to say what I would like to tell the workers, that I win. (laughs) And when I win, we all win. Um, So it's not just selfish. So I think um, those external factors to the workers, especially if the person's coming from production to now being in safety, it's key that it's understood that they're not shoulder to shoulder with those folks anymore, that there is a difference and that their role is different and that there's going to have to be some parameters set about how um, this new safety person now goes about things. And then the third thing I had, so I had personal factors and then external factors to the workers. And now the third thing is external factors to um, management, to the company. So 
understanding that the person came from production, now they're doing safety, they may not be super well-versed on how to speak to upper management um, up to CEO executive level. So that could be a challenge and that could also be another opportunity to find champions. So just like there's champions amongst the workers in the field, you can find champions amongst executive and, and management level leadership as well that can start to take the safety stuff that you're saying and say it in more places even when you're not there. So that's my <laughs> that's my quick three things based on right. trying not to cheat and listen to everybody else. <laughs> I know uh, that doesn't work well because now we, you know, now I have to get you guys into a soundproof room and then really do this again, right? Well, this is the first time we've ever heard each other answer in real time, so we're nice, nice. <laughs> excellent. Well, let's do this one in reverse order. I got another one for you that I, I'm trying to cook up in my mind, so I'm trying to give it context as I'm thinking about it. But let's say, and uh, again, reverse order. So we're going to go. Uh, Abby, Jason M, and then I believe Lucas, and then end with Redbeard. So uh, as we are, let's say you guys are now given the the role of being the lead person in an OSHA uh, informal conference. So you had a, a, a violation. So let's say it's one of these violations that's a, a common one. One of the most common violations is probably, um, well, construction falls as you know number one right and uh then when you're working down at manufacturing one of their number ones is hascom so let's let's say that you, you ended up in um in a construction site and they're going through they do a focus inspection and for those of you that don't know what a focus inspection is you can actually ask osha for a focus inspection if you have someone who is uh, the person who is in charge of the site and they have pretty much said, well, subpart C in 1926 in construction, we do all of this, I'm in charge of it and I make sure that it's done. And you could request from OSHA to do a focus inspection and they're only going to look at the focus four things, which is all struck by caught in and electrocutions. Yeah, so let's say you qualify for a focus inspection and you failed. You got uh, a violation on fall protection and a few other things. And now you have to go into the informal conference with OSHA. Now, what's your game plan leading into that informal conference, even without knowing what the violation is? Just the overall thought process of my game plan as the, the lead person. And this will be the safety consultant too. So uh, you're helping directly my, my audience here too. So go ahead and, and uh, Abby, starting from you, ending with Redbeard. What's your what's your uh, your advice for this person? Sure. So I've actually been in this situation before where we had, um, now that I think about it, we did also have a fall citation and the HASCOM to go along with it and some some PPE related things to the what was related to the HASCOM. So this might be cheating because I've been through this before. So give us your phone. Yeah, your there you go. Idea. Okay. So the only reason that we were in the informal conference is because the citations, um, it's not that they weren't fair, but they weren't accurate. And um, I had proof and support to back that up. If it was a situation where the citations were such that we didn't have that immediate, like, we can fight this, um, then maybe we wouldn't fight it, or we would appeal it in a formal manner. So 
I think before you even engage in an informal conference that you've already done some strategy and thought process on formal versus informal. So in the informal, you want to make sure that you're not taking a a contentious approach, um, that you're gathering your facts. So you have your facts and you're basically supporting your case for why the citation should either be deleted or otherwise removed or negotiated down to a lower uh, classification or lower dollar amount. So it's kind of like an opportunity to pretend that you're uh, an attorney preparing for trial is kind of how I looked at it. But also that when you do get into that room, that you're not so much... um, uh, what's the right word? You're not um, pontificating, <laughs> you know, and just like um, really trying to to stick it to somebody, but that it's more of a like a collaborative and educational opportunity. In the cases that I was involved in in the past, it truly was an opportunity to educate the compliance officer. So um, that is what I had to do. <laughs> so taking a an education standpoint, I think is is a good way, at least for me, um, to have that mindset to approach an informal conference. All right. I got a ringer. Nice one. Good one. All right. So I guess I'm up. Um, and I actually have been in this situation as well. Um, much like Abby's, I would take a, a very legal approach. I mean, and you know, it's, it's kind of weird to hear us talk about that because it's not really usually our angle. Um, but it is part of the job. It's something that you have to do. So I have always, uh, in the, I think, three or four times that I've, I've been in this situation, I have always either consulted a, uh, a company attorney or um, an outside attorney that's, you know, depending on the size of the, the citation, obviously. Uh, but really, from that point, you go in and, and figure out what your facts are. Again, educate on the company, uh, talk about your track record, talk about your history of good faith and, and all those types of things, and then go in and, and see kind of where, where their heads are. It's the informal concert, conference and uh, you know, talk civilly about it. Again, not contentious, not, not combative, but laying out the facts that this is who we are. We're not the big evil corporation that's out to kill everybody. And, um, you know, here's what we do for our employees. We're, we're already or have already fixed this situation. And this is what we'd like to do uh, going, going forward. That's the way I would approach it. All right. All right. So we even threw in some uh, abatement right there. Excellent. All right. So we're going up to Mr. Lucas. Go ahead, Jason. You know, I'm 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 a firm believer that it, in 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 trusting that OSHA is a governmental body, and they're kind enough to provide us with all types of things like a field operations manual that kind of gives us a exact rundown of what they're looking for, how they're looking for it, and all those things. So, in preparation for this, I would probably be pretty well versed in that, so that I could come across. Um, uh, informed when when you're meeting up with them, but I, I think I'm going to touch on what Abby said. Really, as one of the most vital parts for me is is having your facts available, knowing what you know, what you do, and how you do it. Being completely informed on that with the idea of having documentation for those things, because there's nothing worse than to say all these things that you, you do do. And then you have (laughs) that you do do that, that you do 
perform, but at the same time, you don't have that documentation to back it up. And so you need to make sure that you're, you are, that your company is performing the work that they're saying they're working, that they're documenting things the way that they're saying they're documenting them. And then just being prepared, because if you're going in there blind, um, then likelihood is you're going to sign off on a whole bunch of stuff that, that isn't necessarily true. So you need to know your company inside and out. And it doesn't hurt to know that field operation manual just a little bit as well. Yes, excellent. And for you guys that are listening and you're not familiar with the field operation manual, it's in the go to OSHA.gov, type in FOM. I believe the most recent is 163 is the most recent right now. And what that is, is OSHA's playbook. So if you go to chapter four, five, and six, that's going to help you out the most with any kind of informal conference. But uh, any field operation manual, they used to call it firm. There was a firm and then there was a field operation manual. But basically, as an OSHA compliance officer, they have to follow those rules, even when they are going to tell you your citation is under certain gravity and everything. It, it comes from a reason, and it's a legal document that they could use as citable and provable. So you want to go to OSHA.gov, type in FOM163. And uh, you might want to print that at work because it's a pretty lengthy document. So you don't want to use your own printer for that one. So uh, all right. yeah, it's, it's 325 pages, Sheldon. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it's lengthy. So Red Bear, you're up. Yeah. Gosh, what else is there to say? Um, you know, I, I'm going to emphasize some things. Well, uh, Shane Peters, my good friend, uh, always talks about legalism and how that's just not the right mindset to approach things in. And and my own personal philosophy is. My goal is to learn so I can prevent injuries and uh, prevent people from, you know, from things from happening to people. And so, and so I would, you know, yes, there is the legal aspect. There is the, you know, you don't want the company to have to pay these fines. You know, you don't want them to have to get these rulings against them. But, but that's more of like a legal department thing. And, um, you know, and while it's true that the safety person often has to wear kind of a law person hat, my priority is learning and mitigating those, you know, those issues or those hazards in the workplace. And so my first and foremost goal, if I'm talking to an OSHA inspector who has said, you have these violations, one is make sure that I fix those violations so that my employees are not going to get hurt by them. And I think that OSHA really appreciates that too. Um, you know, if, if they say you have these problems and you respond to them immediately, right? So that the general duty clause is that the employer is uh, required to provide a workplace that's free from recognized hazards. So if OSHA says this is a hazard, um, you know, regardless of whether or not it's true, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what the situation is that's hypothetical, but um, you know, the, mo the most important thing I'm going to be worried about is that I've now mitigated those hazards. And then if you can turn around and show that to the uh, to the inspector, hey, look, you you cited these things, we've investigated them, we've already got them addressed. I think that's going to go a long way in that experience. Absolutely. Cool. All right, you guys, uh, now that I got a round robin of you guys, so that's that's awesome. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you for playing our role, and you just won a year supply of rice aroni the San Francisco treat. <laughs> right. Do you have that anymore? Nice. I'll, I'll take Jason and Nate's. They don't eat carbs. Oh, there you go. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. You got the key I'll have you send it to our PO box. <laughs> that's funny because um my wife and i we're uh they call us flexitarian so basically you, you choose to eat more vegetarian than anything else and vegan if possible but uh I, every time i'm in houston i'm in houston quite a bit so i uh 
I call it Texitarian because there's like hardly any places to eat in Houston with the veg- vegetarian <laughs> option in Texas, any of it. And so I, I'm, next time I'm in, uh, in Houston, Lucas, we gotta, we gotta hook up. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to some, some non-vegetarian barbecue places. Um, Austin is about your only place in Texas that's really going to be, uh, centralized on vegetarian. That's where my son lives. So it's very interesting when we, when we go to meals together, cause he's a vegetarian and I'm a carnivore. So trying to figure out where we're going to eat together. It's mostly Mexican food. So I can get fajitas and he can get cheese enchiladas or whatever it is he eats. Absolutely. That's really what what I end up doing is uh, going to Mexican and, and get veggie burritos. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. J. Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested in it. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people on to focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Welcome back to the Safety Consultant Podcast. Now, I had fun with that first part of the episode, which was the Safety Justice League. Next week, we'll come back with the conclusion of this interview. Uh, so stick around for next week, and you'll get to hear me as I do a, a consulting call or a consulting conversation with them and give them my advice on some monetizing skills and monetizing traits and things that they could do to help uh, build their business if they so decide to monetize what they have going on right now. So I would first like to thank everyone for listening. If you have not subscribed yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast catcher you're listening to us on. If you're listening to me on uh, Apple, then subscribe on iTunes. If it's an Android, then you have several other uh, services like Stitcher and iHeartRadio and everything else. And if you have not yet, please go ahead and download the Safety FM app. And that's where I'm broadcast every day. So if you were listening to Safety FM on your app, you could hear the Safety Consultant podcast daily there. And each Monday I come out with a new show. So go ahead and get the Safety FM app and listen to all our broadcasts. So have a great time. It's, a, it's fun to have. It's something new, something great for the safety field. And I'm glad to be part of it. Okay, so the tip of the week comes from one of the questions that I asked, and it kind of uh, got me thinking. So if you were the person who was, had to switch out of your regular job and you had to go into safety and this is a thing that you need to do right away, then my tip is you want to get a safety designation. And the best way to do it and the quickest way to do it 
would be actually going in and taking a safety course. I am particular to the cost course. You can go to coss.net. And the reason why is because I'm an instructor for them. I'm a contract instructor. This is my course that I developed and came out with it. And I just really have seen over the years of me uh, doing this and teaching students after students and seeing um, pretty much the benefit. And you can listen to some of my previous interviews. A lot of my interviews have been with past students. And you can see how well-versed they are in safety. So I would go ahead and get a designation and that would be one of the first things I'd be looking for. And the other question I asked them was regarding uh, if you had an informal conference with OSHA. So I truly believe that if you are going to do an informal conference with OSHA, you really need to have all your ducks in a row. First and foremost, do not bring an attorney with you. If you bring a lawyer or attorney with you, you're not going to get the response that you really would like because they're instructed to just, you know, without having their attorneys there present, uh, they can't really make any concessions or anything else. They just have to listen, take notes, and uh, that's pretty much all you're going to get. You're not going to get much of a resolution. So you want to go with a consultant. And those of you that are consultants, that could be a service that you could use. So one of the services as being uh, going out there for doing an audit you know, you really want to price it right. It's a very important service that you can provide. I would price it. Uh, some people, like, I know one consultant who does a flat rate, I believe, of 2000 and then a percentage of the discounted amount. So, therefore, I think you get to 30 or 40% of whatever is discounted for what the citation is. So, imagine you get a $100,000 citation and you pay $2,000 to somebody and then you know, 20% of that as a consultant or 30% of that as a consultant, that'd be awesome, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, price it the way that makes sense for you. And then you really want to look into the field operation manual. And at the time of this recording, the field operation manual number is 163. So dig into that, see how you could uh, find some ways for your, uh, your actual client to get some breaks. And then just really dig into that citation and I would go back to compliance letters and anything else and uh, histories, try to abate as quickly as you can the issues, get a plan forward written out of what you're going to do with the client and how they won't have this happen again. And then go ask for first and foremost a reduction uh, from your area office and then reach out and say, hey, can you guys run this by regional? and see if you get a reduction with the regional office as well, which will give you an additional amount of money off. So uh, I know I gave you guys two tips of this week, but those are the two questions that we asked during uh, this interview. So stick around uh, next week, though, and the best way to do this is to subscribe and just go ahead and subscribe to this channel so that, or to this podcast, so that if I do another special announcement that you will be aware of things that are happening so, uh, thank you again and enjoy the rest of the week have a good week go get in and i'll see you on monday this podcast is being sponsored by safetyconsultantblueprint.com
This episode has been powered by Safety FM.